Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another jam-packed edition of the Inside Slant Podcast. It's our usual pregame edition of the Inside Slant, but we have all kinds of developments to talk about. The IARP has finally given its ruling on Kansas basketball. Bill Self continues to pull in recruiting talent with a new commitment even after the announcement, just hours after the announcement of the findings. And Kansas football is one win away from another year of bowl eligibility under Lance Leipold. Unbelievable time to be a Kansas Jayhawks fan. There is so much happening right now. And, you know, we're going to be we're going to bring in the man Shea Wildeboer, the men's basketball beat, who's going to he's going to take a break. He has been writing fiercely all afternoon and most of the evening since the announcement came down uh, around midday. We're going to bring in Shea, give him a break for a few minutes and just kind of let him give us the latest. Tell us what this means on what has been an extremely busy day for Shea. Of course, we'll bring in my man, John Kirby, publisher of Jayhawk Slant, and the man on the Kansas football beat to preview this weekend's game at Oklahoma State, as well as look back on the big win over UCF. Uh, Robert Allen, who is the sideline reporter for the Oklahoma State Radio Network. We're going to have him join us. He's going to give us kind of a look behind enemy lines at the what is a suddenly revitalized Oklahoma State football program after a big win last Friday night over Kansas State. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off. I'm going to bring in our man Shea Wildeboer, who probably has blisters on his fingers after all the typing that he has been doing since the news broke uh, with the announcement just after midday. Um, Man, Shay, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm tired, man. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> listen, I, people like I have friends, and Randy, you do too, and John does too. Oh, you 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 guys, it's not a job. It's a. I mean, listen, we're fortunate to be in the position we're in. I mean, we mm-hmm. all love what we do, yeah. but I mean, we're also missing kids' football games and soccer games and choir concerts and whatever else. I mean, it's I'm I'm tired. I am. Man. I, I can I'm, hear I'm, it I'm in your voice, man. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, the great thing about it, you know, I was, uh, last Friday I was, uh, I got, I get hit with COVID, you know, I'm, Oh no, uh, not again. Nine, nine weeks ago, I'm 47 pounds lighter than I was nine weeks ago, walking about eight to 10 miles every morning. And it's, it's starting hey, to catch hey, up on me, man. And I'm I just want to tell you, that's awesome. First off, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. But you know, obviously not congratulations on, on battling COVID, but, and you're going to – the thing is, is having dropped that weight and being in a better shape, it's going to help you. You're going to get through Absolutely. it better than you would have otherwise. Absolutely. But I'm I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. It's a Wednesday night and a big – when they, all this started, Randy, whatever it was, six, seven years ago, I think we all had – we all went through different periods of emotion trying to figure out how this was going to play out. And there mm-hmm. was a time when I really thought it was going to be bad. And I think a lot of people felt that way. And so to to leave Lawrence today, and we'll get into it, the way we left Lawrence – um, it's, I, you know, I think it's a, it's a huge victory for, for self. And he stood by his guns the entire time, stood by his staff, um, told us it would all play out the way that he envisioned it. Um, and, and he it even did. said so, today, yeah. he was like, it's exactly what we said it was going to be right. years ago. Right. And, and if you go back and look and go back and look, you remember, you know, a lot of fingers were pointed at different members of the coaching staff. And a lot of people thought, or not a lot of people, but some people thought that they would be the fall guys. And, and, and that wasn't the case. I mean, self stood by his guys. And I thought, you know, today I thought I, I thought Travis and I thought Bill 
did an unbelievable job in their presentation. Um, the way they handled themselves with class, integrity. Um, you know, I thought they hit a home run. You know, I, they they agreed. Um, you know, self said right away, "Hey, I, I agree with the with the with, with the vacating wins." You know, I agree with the final because those are the rules. Mm-hmm. And when you when you break rules, you have to pay. There are consequences, and he didn't tiptoe around it. And, no, it was it was a, it was a it's it's a great day. Um, if you're a Kansas fan, it's certainly a great day. And with everything going around with basketball, you know, going to be preseason number one, football five and one. It's 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 a good time to be a Jayhawk for sure. Shay, I'm gonna have you take a break for just a minute. We were just we, we were just kind of previewing things. I know there's a lot going on, so I'm gonna let you catch your breath. I'm gonna go ahead and bring in our man John Kirby, John publisher of Jayhawk Slant. This, I mean, is there literally anything else that could happen today, John? Randy, you know, here's the crazy thing is we've got some football stuff to kick out. You know, my man Joe Blake, he was at football with me today. You know, we met with the coordinators and the players, but with this basketball thing today, I felt like, you know, all the football coverage has just been put on the back burner because of the basketball all coming down today. But, you know, here I'll say this, Randy, I get a lot of people that reach out to me and, and, you know, my job's to cover football. But I got to tell you, I've been I've been in the media covering Kansas for a long time. For this to be done, for people like Goff and Self and the KU administration, I, I'm sure there are some people in the KU administration and, and on that basketball staff that are having the drink of their choice tonight. Because oh, no question. I mean, the, it is over, and people have been talking about this. I mean, it comes up. It has come up in multiple conversations a year with just me and friends or people I run into. This gets brought up all the time. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine for someone like Shay and all the guys in the media and the people that cover the program and the people that are involved just to have the thing done, okay? N- not let alone, in my opinion, <laughs> it was a pretty good outcome for Kansas. Uh-huh. You know? But just the fact that it's done, man, what a relief. No question. I mean, it's it's like we said, it's been hanging over not just this program, but over over University of Kansas, over Jayhawk Nation, seemingly for just forever now. And, you know, I, I, I already said it once. I'm going to go back to it. You know, Bill Self stood there and he said, he goes, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be years ago. And he said he was like, you know, if 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 I'm if I'm really disappointed in anything, it's the fact that took several years you know it's it's just it's like you say just to finally have it have have clarity have finality have it over is i think such a huge thing um you know let's go ahead and get right into this shay you know this morning the iarp they released a report that we've seemingly been waiting for like i said forever now six years god Think about all that has changed in the world in six years. You know, you mentioned COVID. We didn't know what COVID was six years right. ago. I mean, you know, you're at the press conference. Give me your take. I know you kind of talked about it a little bit. How KU came out on this thing, and and you know, I, I know you mentioned it, but I want to hear a little more. You could even start there. Just about your feeling, what you felt from from Coach Self and Travis Goff. Let's let's start there. Tell us about that, and and you know, anything else that stood out to you. Yeah, well, you know, today could have gone historically bad. I mean, you look up, the 2018 Final Four banner's gone. You know, you, you vacate the wins. You're no longer the, the, the number one ranked or the number one all-time leader in wins. Um, you know, but we, there could have been postseason bans. There could have been long-term suspensions. Um, there, there could have been all kinds of, of different scenarios that, that could have played out today. I mean, mm-hmm. I think when you look at it, and, and I think Coach Self said it best, Um Things played out exactly as he believed they would, and uh-huh. you never want to lose wins. You know, you you, you never want to have to bring down a banner. Um, you know, you never want to have to deal with those type of things. Be put on probation. But listen, th- when this first happened, when you talk about the number of, um, you know, level five infractions, mm-hmm. it, it, it could have gotten bad. Oh, I mean, it, it yeah, absolutely. Got, it, and you know, and the thing about it is, is that when fans. If you're either a fan of Kansas or you hate Kansas, and so when the outside it is kind of one or the other, it's, right? It's one extreme or the other with this with this this program. 
Right, and there was a there was a not a movement necessarily, but people expected Kansas to get the hammer dropped on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was it. The, the NCAA was going to make an example. They were not going to let this slide. Uh, you, you know, Bill Self was finally going to get um, get his, I guess, his just do or w- w- whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say it, however you want to break it down. And that mm-hmm. didn't happen. They're going to enter the season, number one ranked team in America. They're going to compete for another national championship. Um, no more suspensions, no more missing time, nothing. I mean, it, it's done. It's behind them now. And the thing that I'm 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 really excited, not excited about, but interested to see is how this impacts this program recruiting wise. Because you know, early on they were getting guys Andrew Wiggins, number one, Josh Jackson, number one, Joel Embiid, uh, Sheck Diallo. They were getting all these top mm-hmm. um, fly guys. And that and that kind of stopped for a little bit, you know. When you're on the recruiting trail six years, and and teams are are talking negatively behind your back, that's going to impact your program. Mm-hmm. You know, when when coaches go in homes of other players and be like, "Hey, you don't know if Bill's going to be there. You don't know if he's going to be suspended. You don't know what's going to happen with the program. Do you want to play in the tournament? All these what ifs. Well, now all those what ifs are gone. Was you know, that all you those that I heard if- ask that question today? By the way, who was that? I thought it was. I thought I actually heard right. Coach Self say, "Hey Shay, you know, right, and, right, and yeah. talking about that. I mean, it, it's. I, I he made it sound like in listening to the audio from it that it was, you know, hey, I, I don't know if it's really going to affect us. I don't know if it's going to be that big a deal. And we all know how he is. He's going to downplay that, of course. But it's I gonna, bet it's going to be big. And, and you look, oh, you, yeah. Coach K's gone now. Um, you know, Jay Wright's gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy, Coach Roy Williams is gone. Calipari so isn't what he was. Right, right. I mean, so now you've got an opportunity. It's a different situation. Right. So now, I mean, I think, you know, the, the cloud, as they say, the per, the peripheral gray cloud has been lifted. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, it, I, you know, I look up there, Randy, and you fight so hard to put banners up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 2018 team, it didn't end well in um, – in, in, um, San Antonio, obviously, they got blitzed by Villanova. You hate to see things like that come down. But if that is the worst thing, along with some vacated wins that happens, you weren't going to get everything you wanted, but you got pretty close to it. No question. Okay, now, you 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 know, we already kind of touched on recruiting. What was it? Six hours after this came down. The first impact of it, and you know, hey, we knew he was going to announce already, but it, you know, you could say this is the first announcement where that could have had some bearing one way or the other. The Jayhawks land another commitment, adding to this class with uh, the addition of Rakeez Passmore. I know you've talked to him and people close to him. Break this one down for us, Shay. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, Randy. There was a a a, a time not long ago when it looked like Arkansas was hand da- hands down the team to beat, he was going to visit, uh, cancel the visit. And then he was going to come in October to Lawrence, October 4th through the 5th. Um, cause they wanted to save late night in the fog specifically for Cooper flag. Um, obviously Cooper didn't, excuse me, Cooper didn't come, <clears throat> excuse me. So they moved him up. And I mean, this was the thing where about two weeks ago, I started to get a feel that this was going to happen and bill self locked it up. I mean, this is a guy six, five, one eighty, um, small forward, you know, he can score on all three levels, um, you know, I want to see him improve his, his outside shot a little bit, but I mean, this is a guy in time that's going to make, make a major impact for this program. Uh, you know, he's, he's really good friends with LeBaron Fallon who committed mm-hmm. last week, the kid from Branson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, when you, when you look at everything that happened today, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, this is really, I mean, two weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, this kid was headed to Arkansas. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, when Bill self walked out of that room today and, and Travis Goff. You could see um, maybe not relief, but, I mean, those guys are tired. I mean, this has been going on for six years. And what was cool for me, Randy, is all the guys, like you had Coach Townsend in there, Coach Roberts. You had Jeremy Case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had, you know, I don't remember if people remember Doc Sadler was in there. Uh, Sean Lester. Oh, wow. Um, There's a name from back. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, Sean Lester and like uh, Greg Gurley, Brian Haney. I mean, the media room was packed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of – the thing that I love about it is throughout all of this, you you can tell um, that you have a really good leader uh, of your program when things are going good and bad, and he and he stays the same. Yep. There's never the highs are never high, the lows are never low, and he maintained all along um, that this was going to play out this way, and it did. So big big day, you know, big, big day. They still got a few more spots. I don't know where they're going to go. Um, you know, I, was I know about they to were. Ask, you know, who else is out there? You know, at this point that we should be looking at. I mean, is is there anybody left that that 
could be, a, uh, you know, another addition to this class, in your opinion. Surprise. Yeah. You know, uh, Liam McNeely is going to announce Sunday. My guess is Arkansas. I'm sorry, Indiana. But, you know, I also thought um, that Flory was headed to Auburn and he picked Kansas. So, you know, Liam's obviously the most high profile guy. Um, you know, Billy Richmond, a five star kid, was was going to visit um, at one point during late night. And, you know, they scratched that scratched. Um, you know, Trey Johnson, the number, I think, three or four ranked player in the class had talked about coming back. He's down um, to a couple schools, not Kansas. So, yeah, I don't know. R- Randy, I think the portal is going to be obviously big. Um, mm-hmm. the, the thing that the, the staff has the luxury of, of doing is, you know, H- Hunter can come back for another year if he chooses to. Whether that happens or not, I have no idea. You've got Flory coming in. You know, you can wait and see if some guys emerge late in the spring. Um, the transfer portal is always going to be big. Um, so, yeah, what I can tell you, is that they're not going to have any problem filling any spots. I mean, I mean no they're question. not. And, and if you get Hunter back another year and Flory plays alongside him, great. Um, yeah, but I, I don't. I don't see w- with today's announcement again. I can't stress enough how big it is and the impact it's going to have on this roster moving forward. I mean, I, I think it's going to be. You know, I hate to use the word monumental because K- I mean Kansas has always been um, a recruiting spot, but when you have that 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 dark cloud hanging over you for so long and it's it's gone. Yeah, I think, you know, I think some things are going to start happening. Shay, I know it's been a crazy day for you, man, that you're going to be working late, late tonight into the early morning hours. Thanks for joining us. And, and you know, hey, be sure we'll obviously anytime as as we continue through this and, and just kind of move into this this new world, I guess, for Kansas basketball. Now that this is over, we'll be sure and checking with you and let us know anytime there's news, man. All right, boys, you guys have fun. and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. That's our guy, Shay Wildeboer, on the men's basketball beat. Been a long, long day for Shay, and I can I can tell he's uh, he's ready for this one to be over. Let's go ahead and shift gears. I'm bringing my man, John Kirby. John, it's it feels really weird that with a five and one football team, a team that is five and one for the for a second consecutive year, that is on the the, the brink of bowl eligibility again for a second consecutive year that is ranked in the top 25, that just put up 399 yards of rushing against a very athletic UCF team. It's crazy to think that football might, I mean, I don't even know if backburner is really appropriate with everything that happened today. I mean, this is, in your time covering Kansas sports, just KU athletics, any kind, has there been anything like this that you've seen? Like the basketball thing today? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Randy, I live in a different world, right? I, I was following the basketball. I was reading through the release and everything. But, you know, I'm here trying to get football video up and trying to get yeah. quotes for my stories. So, you know, I'm kind of like the odd man out here. You know, I was more focused on the football side of things, but I was trying to help with basketball and, you know, get the information ready for Shay. Well, you were texting me at work. You were texting me like, hey, are you, are you following this? And I felt bad. I've been in meetings. and I love it. You said you were like, Dude, there have there have been some fireworks over the last couple of hours. You're going to need to sit down and read. Yeah. Hey, most of my afternoon, man, was breaking down video from Borland and Kotelnicki and, and the players we talked to today and going over their quotes. I mean, that was 80% of my afternoon, so... You know, let's let's go ahead and get into it because I mean, this is there is so much going on around this program. There's so much positive buzz. I mean, listen to, to uh, 810 this morning and, you know, just the as they went through previewing the games and everything, looking ahead like they normally do on Wednesdays, you could just hear it's it's so different right now for this Kansas program. You know, the Jayhawks, like I say, they're one win away from a second straight trip to a bowl game, and and they did it with an absolutely dominant performance with, as I said, 399 yards against UCF. Tell me this: Were you surprised by? I mean, I know it's never easy. That looked easy. Were you surprised by that? Yeah. Yeah, Randy, I was. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. I mean, I, I've seen Central Florida enough. They've got some explosive athletes. Now, now, what I didn't really account for, you know, their, their best defensive lineman, probably one of the best defensive linemen in the Big 12, he was out. Yeah. And, and that hurts yeah. them in the middle. But, God, I'll tell you, the Central Florida was just poorly schemed and poorly set up and they weren't they gaps. Bad. I mean, physically they didn't look good. You know, th- there were some runs and-, and Kansas did what they were supposed to blocking wise, but there were some runs that Neil and Highshaw had there in the first three quarters. 
they weren't even getting touched for the first six or seven yards. I mean, there were people in the press box seriously joking, going, wow, we could go out and run for 100 yards. Obviously, a bunch of of 30, 40, 50-year-old guys claiming they could go run. But, I mean, that's how big the holes were. So, I don't know. You know, I put up a picture uh, this morning on the website, on, on our message board, we were talking about the Oklahoma State game, and I was mentioning how they were going to load the box. And I put up mm-hmm. a picture, Randy. It's the, it's the first quarter. Kansas is in second and eight. They're at midfield, and I put a snapshot up. Central Florida had nine guys in the box in the first quarter. And they still ran the ball. I, I'm all just telling over. you, pe- people are like, "Hey, I'm surprised Central Florida didn't load the box." Oh no, they did. <laughs> it mean, didn't matter. They did load the box. So you know. And I know Central Florida started moving the ball in the second half there, but I think that game was in hand. K- KU's defense, again, looked good. They're flying around. What a performance mm-hmm. by Neal, Highshaw, McDuffie. The ru- the rushing yards they were able to do with Tony Sands looking on, getting yes. inducted in the ring of honor. And by the way, it was it was great to talk to Sands. I had a chance to see Coach Mangino and talk to him and Mason. Um, and and those the O line looks so good. You, hey, you know Mason and Mangino had to be oh, proud yes. of those O lines. And you know what? Specifically Mace. Oh my God! Oh I yeah, he was thought he died and gone to heaven. Well, you know, man, hey, Mangino's an old O line coach too. I mean, so those guys Very are true. probably loving it. So, and you know, a shout out, Trevor Wilson. Okay, this guy yeah, had. Oh a, my God! This yes. guy had a tough year last year. He catches the long touchdown the other day against Texas. He's got the punt return. It's so good to see him doing what he's doing and getting a chance and get in there. And Randy, I've said all along, I, I've, I said it several times when I told people I was here and he looked good in fall camp. He's probably the best deep threat they have. So it was nice to see that. Th- this was an all-around just beatdown in all phases, off offense, defense, special teams. And, and I got to tell you, down there in at Central Florida, they, I mean, they're finding out a bit about Big 12 football, right? I mean, they're, they have an idea now what they're into. And I'm sure some of these other teams that have come in are, are realizing this is a different deal. Central Florida's got to go play Oklahoma next week. I mean, mm. Cent- Central Florida's staring at 0-4. And, and I don't think that program has probably ever been 0-4. In their conference play, so you know it'll be interesting to follow the the Big Twelve as these new teams come in and we learn more bit about them. But to answer your question, no, I didn't think Kansas was going to do that to Central Florida, and it was pretty impressive. So next up, big trip to Stillwater to face Oklahoma State. Like I said, a revitalized OSU program after a big win against Kansas State. I got to I watched. Uh, Oh, the last several minutes of the first half and just in time to see OSU, you know, put, t- score and then turn around and and pick off Kansas State's quarterback and run it back for six. And I was sitting there, I was like, they're dead. They looked absolutely horrible. And, and you have to give all the credit in the world to Oklahoma State because they absolutely shut Kansas State down and controlled that football game. Uh, with that in mind, you know, we have a great guest who's going to join us that can tell us a ton about this Pokes program and, and about what's happening from the sidelines of Mike Gundy's program. Robert Allen, who is the sideline reporter for the OSU Radio Network, spoke with John earlier this evening. Here's what he had to say. I'm going to welcome in Robert Allen, who is the sideline reporter for Oklahoma State. And I've known Robert for a long time. He does a great job covering the Cowboys. And he is probably one of the few guys out there that's been doing this longer than I have. So, Robert, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. I mean, we're also two of the really crazy people that will throw ourselves into covering recruiting, which most most media people won't do because – it's too hard to work, but you and I both know anything worth it is hard. And so we, we do those things, but yeah, I great respect for John Kirby and Kansas fans, football fans are lucky to have him because uh, he's, he's been covering Kansas football for a long time. So right back at you. Well, Robert, I appreciate those, those thoughts. I, I do. I want to start off with this. Okay. Friday night. I'm, 
sat there and watched the whole game, every play. I mean, it was an impressive win. Just talk about that win. How big was that for Oklahoma State? And as you can imagine, the traffic on our message board was going crazy because that's KU's rival, so they're all sitting there watching this game. But just what did you see from the team? You know, John, I think the bye, the, the bye week or open week came at a good time. Um, you know, for whatever reason, I mean, I mean, I know the reason. The reason was because I was at practice. It was hard to determine in August who the best quarterback was. Now, if you go back to spring, coming out of spring football, it was definitely Bowman. But give Garrett Rangel and Gunnar Gundy credit, they came in in fall camp and they put up challenges. And if you watch practice, I mean, there, the first scrimmage, there was no doubt Gunnar Gundy was the best quarterback of the three. Huh. On a daily basis, it would rotate. And so that's why I think, you know, in this day and age of the portal, feeling like you've got to give every kid as much opportunity as possible if they deserve it. Oklahoma State rotated three quarterbacks for three games. Well, I got names for you. And I think this would go from Mike Gundy on down to Robert Allen, who's just a sideline reporter. You can't do that. It doesn't work. And so once they went ahead and said, look, we're going to go with Bowman, things got better. But you needed that open week with the extra practices to get the offense really in some sort of really good rhythm with Bowman. Then the defense, I think, got a lot better during the break. And Mike Gundy – he, he hit the reset button. He pulled his players in and said, look, what we're doing right now is not acceptable. That's not Oklahoma State football. They had an old school bye week, four hard practices, full contact, full pads, get after it. And I think by the end of that week, the players understood, okay, coach means business and, and we're not getting it done. So you know, let's get after it. And uh, I think the win on Friday night over Kansas, a good K-State team, and and I know they had their problems. You know, Will Howard struggled. But I think some of those problems were created by what Oklahoma State was doing. Um, there's no doubt this team learned a lot about themselves. The main thing they learned was it's a heck of a lot more fun to go out and win big games than it is to lose them. I've noticed a, a different team in practice this week they seem more confident they understand i think a little bit better the intensity of what's going on here and there's a lot of young players Epps is that was his second start he gets you know two interceptions and a and a uh, pick six nick martin who had 17 tackles this is his first year to start jaleel johnson sat towered at the end of the half jaleel's played maybe a handful of plays so we're starting to see some younger players, the light click on, and it takes a while for them to become consistent. So that's kind of what we're seeing with Oklahoma State, a little bit of a changing of the guard with some younger players stepping up. And we're going to continue to see some inconsistency, but hopefully not as much as what we saw the first five games of the season. You know, you kind of answered my question. One of my next questions there, I was going to ask you what led to those slow starts in that South Alabama game, but you kind of covered it there. So, you know, I'm going to move ahead to the offense. It looks like they've got their guy in Bowman. Break down this offense. What do they want to do, and who are some of the other players to watch? Well, uh, the offensive line needed to get situated. Friday night was the first night that – Dalton Cooper, a transfer from Texas State, was able to start at left tackle. He had to play right because Jake Springfield got hurt in the opener. Now you've got those guys back, which means Cole Birmingham, who had a bad knee injury and is just not as mobile, can move in and play some guard. He rotated with Jason Brooks. Um, Wilson's the other guard. So this is the offensive line. They really – they really wanted to play in fall camp, and this is the first time they were able to do it because of Springfield's injury. As long as they can stay consistent there, the offensive line should be better. Um, at running back, you saw Ollie Gordon, and I think Jaden Nixon is kind of a home run threat back there. And Elijah Collins, who had the fake punt conversion, is another good hard running back that you can mix in with that group. 
Uh, you lost to John Stribling, who was – he's really good, uh, transfer from Washington State. But Rashad Owens is starting to pick things up. Um, you know, Jaden Bray, uh, Blaine Green, Talon Shetron. I'll tell you the other thing, John, you're seeing – Josiah Johnson at tight end, a transfer from UMass. Oklahoma State is just now getting back to using a tight end. And he's catching quite a few passes. It's a it's a whole different you know, we've had this cowboy back who's been kind of a jack of all trades, H back, fullback, tight end. Now we've got real tight ends and real fullbacks. And so that's another difference in this offense from recent seasons and I think Josiah Johnson's a definite weapon uh he and Alan Bowman are on the same wavelength so that's kind of where the offense is right now uh they're huddling up some they're not as uh tempo oriented uh a little more power oriented in the run game uh that's just kind of moving with everybody else in college football because I think we're starting to get out of the air raid a little bit and get back more to um teams that want to run the football more and mix in some play action pass. You know, KU's a good example of that with what uh uh you know what they've done with the offense there. So um yeah that's the way I would characterize Oklahoma State's offense at this point. Boy, when you said tempo, I remember the old days, you know, some some years ago, oh, not yeah. not too too long ago, I used to talk to those Kansas defensive coaches when they would play Oklahoma State and they're like, "Oh my god, we have literally got to get up off the ground and run to our spots because they are going to be snapping the football." I remember the coaches when I used to talk to them, they were Always just worried to death about how fast Oklahoma State went, but uh, hey, move over to the defense. Break well, it. let me hey, let me let me let me give you a little background real quick. Mike Yersich, who yeah. is now the offensive coordinator at Penn State, right. it was Mike Yersich and Mike Gundy that came up with the tempo system. And I remember the first time they really unleashed it. In fact, uh, Yersich called it turbo. And he told us before this game in San Antonio with UTSA and the Alamo Dome said, we're going to unleash this turbo system. And he told told us, if I don't into that series, if Dave Hunziker isn't out of breath as the play-by-play <laughs> guy, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> Literally, they go to turbo. And Dave, this is how Dave sounded going to the commercial break after the touchdown. goes, Cowboys take the lead. <laughs> uh, they now lead 14-0. Uh, back on the Cowboy Network after this. <laughs> And I'm like, dang! I mean, and, and here's the bad thing. John John Holcomb and I didn't say a word the entire series because with Turbo, there was no room for a color guy and certainly a sideline guy. So I'm glad we're going back to slower football. I get a role in the broadcast. <laughs> That's good. Well, move over to that defense. You know, tell me about the defense and what have you seen from them? What, what do they do? Are they in like a three-three-five? Yeah, they've gone to a, a odd man front. That's what Mike Gundy wanted when he hired Brian Nardo. They'll still go four man, and they'll still use some of the principles that Jim Knowles brought in. But um, you know, the 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 spectacular part of this is Colin Colin Oliver moving from defensive end to linebacker, and he's such a good athlete. Nick Martin has been a a huge. Um, factor and we knew he was coming up we knew how good he was now in this defense he's really starting to 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 get everything going for himself he's a tremendous tackler uh you know the rover in the back end is kendall daniels another really good athlete but um i think the key thing was getting the transfer of justin kirkland and having colin clay emerge you've got two nose tackles that are you know, Clay is 6'3", 6'4", 330, and Kirkland is 6'4", 350, and played tennis in high school. Yeah, I saw those I guys mean, on the depth chart. Imagine that guy. Yeah. yeah, imagine that guy walking out there as a tennis player. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but I think having those big nose tackles to eat the space inside and tie up the guard-center-guard combination – that's that's huge uh and and i'm not no no pun intended so 
um, you've had a couple of injuries where we're, we're seeing some younger guys play in the secondary, but they're coming around. I mean, guys like Epps and Dylan Smith is a young guy. you still got Corey Black, a veteran at the corner, kind of the mother hen for those guys on the back end of the defense. So, um, yeah, I like the way they played last, last Friday night against K-State. They'll have a completely different challenge with KU because uh, not that KU can't throw the ball. They can. But you've got uh, – you guys have the best run combo, one-two backs in the country. And uh, I saw Daniel Hyshaw in high school at Moore. Uh, tried to get Oklahoma State to recruit him. He was a running quarterback, but I knew he was going to end up being a uh, running back or maybe a safety. He could have been a good safety on defense. But uh, he's been great at running back. Devin Neal out of Lawrence. Um, and you know what? For Kansas fans that may be upset about, you know, Jalen Daniels, it was it was Bean that tore Oklahoma State up in Lawrence last year. So I don't think Bean's going to have any kind of confidence issues going against Oklahoma State. He was a big winner last year as a quarterback for the Jayhawks last year. So Cowboys have a different kind of challenge trying to, put some breaks on that KU run game. Yeah, you know, Robert, we're, we're kind of hitting that halfway point, you know, in the season where you start getting guys a little banged up and injuries. What's the injury report look like for Oklahoma State going into this one? Well, I mean, you lost Stribling and you lost Lyric Rawls after the Iowa State game. Um, but they didn't lose. They didn't have anybody hurt of any con- – I mean, they didn't have anybody hurt on Friday night. They came out of the game clean. I always go up to, you know, uh, our trainer on Mondays and he looks at me and lately, you know, until this Monday, he's looked at me sideways. Do you really have to ask? Cause I don't want to talk about it. And, uh, and this, this Monday I went up to him and said, uh, so, Hey, he goes, Hey, I don't mind seeing you this week. We're, <laughs> we're in good shape. Um, that's, that's good. Um, and that's even after a rough off week where they practiced pretty hard. Um, but, yeah, they came out of the K-State game in good shape. All right, my last question for you. I mean, this is a big game, big game for both teams. I, I Last I looked, Vegas kind of had it like a field goal, two or three points or something like that, so everybody thinks it's going to be close. How do you see this matchup? Wow. You know, John, you're going to say, God, Robert's a fence rider. I'm really not. I could see this game being just like the, you know, Vegas says, coming down to a field goal. If that's the case, um, I haven't really looked at the special teams yet on KU, but I know Alex Hale is, has been great. I mean, he's had three 50-plus field goals this year, and he's having a great year kicking. But I could also see somebody getting off to a quick start, either team, and winning by a couple of touchdowns. So I, I really think if you live in Bangor, Maine, or Spokane, Washington, <laughs> well, no, the, those those folks are going to watch Washington and Oregon. If you are just looking for a good college football game, tune in at two thirty on Saturday because you're going to see one. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't have a good feel for this yet. I hope what we get just for. Uh, entertainment value is is a, a really close game that comes down to the wire. But like I said, if KU gets off to a great start with that run game and they're going downhill, it'll be very hard. And if Oklahoma State gets started fast and KU gets behind, that's, that's what I want to see. If I'm an opponent, I want to see what KU does when they're behind. It's real easy when you've got that run game and you're you're, you jump out on somebody just to keep pounding the rock. But uh, what happens when Bean's got a throw to save their lives? What's that going to look like? Uh, I hope I get to see that, but I'm not, I'm not going to guarantee that. I, I think we're going to be in a rock'em, sock'em game down to the wire. Folks, that is Robert Allen. He does a tremendous job covering Oklahoma State. And, Robert, it was great talking to you, and I, maybe I'll run into you down on the field. I'm sure I'm sure we'll look each other up. So I appreciate it, John. 
ton of great insight there from the Cowboys by radio man Robert Allen. Now we're going to move on to our picks. Kirby, tell me what you see happening with this one on Saturday. Well, you know, Randy, I've watched Oklahoma State play twice. All right, I saw him play Arizona State to open the season. I was fighting my eyes in the fourth quarter to keep keep it open. <laughs> it was a late start. And, you know, I thought I thought Oklahoma State looked good. What, what I didn't know is Arizona State's really down. Okay, but that was week one, so we really don't know who the teams are at this point. I'm like, hey, Oklahoma State looks good. You know, they're playing some different quarterbacks. And then, yeah. then they struggled. Okay, I, I didn't see much of the – their game against Iowa State, and I didn't see hardly any at all where they were down to South Alabama. I saw bits and pieces. So, you know, so we're all going to judge Oklahoma State by what we saw last Friday night, okay, against Kansas State. So, and I, I want to tell you this, Randy, I got to pull up my phone because I, I want to make sure when I say this, and and trust me, I'm not taking any away from Oklahoma State, but Kansas State, to me, didn't look like the Kansas State teams I've seen. And, and I'm going to tell you, they made mistakes. They uh-huh. that pick six. Well, no, 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 no. The, the, it goes beyond the physical stuff. I mean, I, I thought Kleiman. I didn't think he coached a good game. Okay, that's a good point. So I agree with that. Here you go. Here you go. In the third quarter, all right. They went on downs. They. So they went, they went for it at their own, inside their own territory. They gave it up three times on downs. One of them was a pick. I just had to go back to look to this to make sure my facts were straight. Mm-hmm. They threw three picks. They also turned the ball over on downs three times. Now, one of those times on downs was a pick. So we'll call it five times. That's like five turnovers, okay? Because when you when you give the ball away on downs, that's like a turnover. So think about this. Kansas State still had a chance in that game late, and Oklahoma State played flawless. Kansas State basically lost the turnover battle on paper, five to nothing, and still had a chance. So th- this is what I'm getting at. If the Jayhawks can go down there and not do what Kansas State did, okay, don't go for it at your own 26 and throw a bad pass and let the other team take over at your own 26. I mean, Kleiman did that fairly early in the quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter, there was like there was a lot of time left. So there was a lot of things Kansas State did that were uncharacteristic of Kansas State teams that we've seen in the recent past. So Kansas State beat themselves. KU has to go down there and not beat themselves. The history that Kansas has down in Stillwater, I don't know what it is down there, but the Jayhawks just don't play well. And I mean, some of those games are beatdowns. Listen, Oklahoma State has a nice running back in Gordon. They've got some solid receivers, and their O line's okay. Um, you know, one of the, the, the starting centers from St. Thomas Aquinas here in Overland Park. Um, mm hmm. Maholsky. Bowman's won the job at quarterback, so they've kind of settled in there. Defensively, Oklahoma State's front seven will present a challenge. They've got a 320-pound guy. They rotate another 350-pound guy in there. We heard Robert Allen talk a little bit about those guys. Uh, The defensive line looks physical. The linebackers are pretty good. This is what I think is going to happen, Randy. When you watch film, as a defensive coordinator and you're Oklahoma State, what's the one thing you are sitting here telling your team right now? You are saying, Kansas is not coming into our house and running it up on us like they have some of these other teams and like they did Central Florida. So I remember Bill Young when he was the defensive coordinator at KU. He told me you have to pick your poison sometimes. He goes, very few teams are loaded to where they can say, we're going to shut down your run and we're, we're going to shut down your pass. And I remember mm-hmm. Bill Young always telling me, I am a shut-down-the-run guy, and that's what we're going to focus on. And if teams throw it on us, they throw it on us. That's what I think this guy's going to have to do at Oklahoma State. He is going to have to load the box. They play that three-three-five, And I think they're going to do everything they can to not let Neal and Highshaw run wild. Kansas has got to take care of the ball. 
I think they're going to go down there. I think they're going to do that. I think they're going to have a good plan in place. The Jayhawks are well coached. This is going to be a tough game. But I'll tell you, I'm going to go with them to get the win in Stillwater. I think they're going to do the little things. I don't know if they're a lot better than Oklahoma State. It's going to be a hard game on the road. But I'm going with KU, 28-24. Give me yours. Little bit of difference, you know, and we've gotten to the point where we we do have at least a few points either way, seemingly when we do this every single week. I'm I'm with you. I see the the Jayhawks going down there and winning a a tough, uh, hard fought game that is competitive all the way through. I see this one 31-24 KU. Little little more of a little more of a differential there between the two teams. I think. Kansas will be well prepared for that that three three five defensive look that OSU likes to roll out there. Um, I, I think the thing that I keep going back to, and and I know we can talk about you know UCF was out of position and sometimes weren't. I mean they 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 just looked all out of sorts defensively. You still can't minimize just how fantastic the Jayhawks offensive line looked. The job Scott Fuchs has done with that group, they will be very well prepared, and I fully expect to see KU run the ball. I think they'll run it, and they're going to have success. It may not open up early. It may take some time. You know, there's an old saying, you know, a lot of the old beer coaches, they always say, you know, it's 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 like Novocaine. Give it time, and it'll work. And I honestly believe that's exactly what Kotal Nicky will do. He's not going to get away from the run game. He's going to do what he does. And I fully expect this offensive line is going to go in there against a really athletic front and, and you know, a group that moves around a lot. I fully expect them to to play well, to make they're going to have to adjust to some things, obviously, throughout the game. But uh, I see Kansas getting this one done. I see the ground game again being a factor. I also think we're going to see Jason Bean make some throws. He's going to have to against this defense and against you know, on the road and, and what is going to be a really likely a very loud and very fired up crowd in Stillwater on Saturday. I think the Jayhawks get it done. You know, John, we've to preview the game. We've talked about the matchup. You know, we're coming off a home game where – Kansas made a you know had to have left just a fantastic impression on any recruit that was in the house to watch that one from the sidelines. Tell us some of the guys that were there and and get us caught up on any any recruiting news that has maybe happened since last Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I talked to um Caden Snyder from Salina Central. He had mm-hmm. a good visit. I'll have some stories on him. Had a chance to uh, communicate with Jaden Woods. He said it was great to be back in in Memorial Stadium and back around the coaching staff. A guy I haven't talked to, and this is one I'm going to watch, and we'll get into this a little later, Tyler Simmons. He's a commit to Virginia. He's already taken an official visit to KU. He was he was there. I, I'm kind of getting the feel that they might wait on him. I think I think it could they, they're going to evaluate him and they maybe see what comes up in the portal. So that that'll be something to watch. Uh, the Tuesday night calls, we talk about those a lot. I know they had mm-hmm. the Tuesday night calls with a Jack Lang, a six foot eight O lineman from Eureka, Missouri. He's getting offers from everywhere. They talked to local guys, Bryson Hayes and Brock Heath. They talked to them on Tuesday. They talked to Lincoln Cure, the tight end from Goodland, 2025 kid. He's getting offers from all over the country. We got Thursday, this coming Thursday, Michael Boganowski makes his decision. I know people are thinking it sounds like Oklahoma. Maybe they're the leader. We just got to wait and see. He's played everything close to the vest. He hasn't given many hints. So let's see how what plays out there. I mean, Kansas has been fighting and clawing with him. And, I mean, he's been giving them every bit of attention and the same amount of visits that he's given everybody else in his Final Four. So we'll see how that plays on. Here's a little scoop, too. Remember, after this game, next week, the coaches go out on the road. And I have learned one stop Lance Leipold is making, and I know this, on Tuesday night, they talked to Deshaun Warner. So, you know, he's just picked up he just picked up offers from Michigan and Ohio State, and the staff, Leipold and Jordan Peterson, will be in Arizona next Thursday 
to watch him play. So there's a little bit of scoop for the listeners. I know everybody's getting a little nervous, right, that Warner is starting to pick up some of these big-time offers. But, you know, here's what I tell people, Randy. They're always like, wow, man, he's got the Ohio State and Michigan. Can we hang on to him? Remember, he took an official visit to Texas in June before he committed to KU. So it's not like Texas is some, you know, small peanuts, okay? I mean, Uh Texas is Texas. So he's shown that he will look at the big-name school and still went with the Jayhawks. So let, let's see how that plays out. You know, the, the coaches at Desert Edge really like Kansas, and he's got two teammates committed there. So don't don't jump off the cliff there yet on that one. That is the final word from our man John Kirby, and that will do it for another edition of the Inside Slant Podcast. It is a pregame edition, but we had to cover a lot of ground tonight. In addition to previewing the matchup and giving our prediction, we went in-depth with our man Shea Wildeboer on the ruling from the IARP, its impact on Kansas basketball, where the program goes from here. We've given you everything. Basically, a state of the state of Jayhawk Nation. And if there was ever a time that you were thinking, you know what? Those guys at Jayhawk Slant, it sounds like a great website. It sounds like a place that maybe I need to know about. There is no better time for you to subscribe to to the premier fan destination on the internet for Kansas Jayhawk football and basketball fans. John Kirby, the man on the Kansas football beat, our publisher's been doing this longer than anybody out there. He and Shea bring you the best coverage of both programs that you are going to find. There's no better place for fans, for insight, for great discussion with other passionate Kansas Jayhawk fans than jayhawkslant.com. Check it out. Get your subscription. If you are already a subscriber, thank you very much. Share the podcast with a friend of yours. Anybody that is interested in Kansas football or basketball, they need to hear what's happening right now. Let them hear the inside slant. Tell them, say, hey, you'd love this website. Come join us. We would love to have them as part of the slant community. For my man, Shea Wildeboer. For my good buddy, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant Podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com.